0: Hello, welcome to episode number 307 of the Apple Log Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by AIXDSP.com. Get affordable and useful plugins. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your audio at all times. Click the link in the description for more information if you want to support my work on a monthly basis go to patreon.com slash pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees and you can cancel any time go buy some uh go buy a t-shirt at apologue.cs shop don't forget to subscribe rate and review the show on itunes give it five stars please like and share on facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod follow me on twitter and instagram at simonhead666 Today on the show, I have Will Hughes. He's the frontman of the band, the late, great Charlie Borski. The band is based out of California. They are fun to listen to. They're theatrical folk pop, and they are a fun band. And it was good to meet new people. Go check out their new album, which is called Watch Out for Spiders. It came out earlier this month on Mannequin Vanity Records. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Will Hughes of the late, great Charlie Borski on the Apollo podcast. <laughs> nice to meet you is it, is it will right
1: yes it's just gonna be me this evening my, my my band we've been on the road uh for about 24 hours straight until this <laughs> this afternoon
0: yeah that's cool
1: and uh and between the, the mix-ups with uh with what time we thought things were going to be there are already people who have gone back to sleep
0: totally fine man. it's totally fine it's good to see like maybe things are kind of getting back to a, a sense of normalcy a normalcy
1: yeah, it's definitely been very, very interesting. Um, I would say that things still feel a little bit different, but it's definitely closer to what it used to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, when did you guys start? So you, you've already started playing shows and, and started getting going. Where, yeah. yeah,
1: so we actually had our first, uh, first show in probably about 15 months on the 3rd of July. And then we played another show uh, on the 5th, and then we are playing another show tomorrow night.
0: All in the L.A. area, or...
1: No, so we, uh, we're we actually on a tour. So we're normally based out of Los Angeles. However, yeah. I'm coming to you live from my mother's house nice. in Dallas, Texas. Nice. I love Dallas. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a big fan as well. I <laughs> I moved away when I was like 19, but honestly, any chance that I get to come back here, I always enjoy it. I still have a lot of family and friends here.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dallas is a, a place of... Uh, a lot of chaotic nights over the period of the past 30 something years of something something crazy happens uh yeah there's a holiday in where our van got robbed i think it's a holiday Inn. yeah van got completely robbed everything got stolen out of it and it was brutal um uh, bb gun fights uh Dallas, yeah, Dal- Oh, Dallas too. Also, the part where you see what's that club on that main street, and you leave, and you kind of go right where the spot where where Kennedy was shot. You would sort of end up. And you're like, holy shit, we're here. This is the spot.
1: Oh yeah, that's down on. Um, there's
0: like a, a venue there, like a little theater. I'm Maybe I don't remember what
1: that's called. I know exactly where you're talking about cause the the sixth floor museum. I think it is. Is that the correct floor?
0: Yeah, but there's as just up the road a little bit because I, I was there uh, in early 2000s. With, uh, and the, uh, the band I was working for was Sum 41 and we were opening for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, And it was sort of this larger club and I forget what street it was on, but as soon as we left to go leave town, we end up like right at the spot, like this historic like spot. And you're like, holy crap, this is, and I'm kind of a buff with that stuff. So I'm kind of like geeking out. Totally. And everybody's like in the band at the time, are like 17 and like, who, Kennedy who, who's he? <laughs> <laughs> like who? who's that guy did you have a
1: chance to go into the museum there
0: no we didn't like i didn't and i've i i do i want to go like yeah it's one of those things for sure
1: i really like that museum because it feels like a place where they're not trying to tell you exactly what they think happened <laughs> it's like it leaves it to your imagination they're like maybe it was an inside job maybe it wasn't <laughs> we're not here to tell you what to think we're just going to show you the facts
0: that's amazing whatever oliver stone told you might or might not be true exactly <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so good that that's actually something's actually happening now. Like well, I'm in Canada and we're, we're kind of still in mask mode and, and limited numbers and, and, you know, it it's still kind of like dragging on and we feel it's going to drag on all summer and eventually sure. we'll get back to normal. And, uh, but it's good to see like, and numbers are, dr- there's no real numbers anymore. I mean, I mean, even America, you guys seem to have it kind of figured out now you got to, a proper person in charge to be able to make, make decisions. You don't have the orange face monster in control, fucking up democracy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't like talking politics, but that guy was an asshole, man. Like, Oh my God.
1: I don't either, but I'm going to go ahead and agree with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just not. Yeah. Who puts the, uh, yeah? who puts the guy from the apprentice in charge? You know, but anyways regardless your music um i have your album it's uh it's nice and sweet and calming and and i was wondering what a theatrical what is the how do you call it theatrical
1: theatrical folk pop folk pop yeah it. how
0: did you how did you land on on that
1: so there are several of us in the group cuz i mean we're anchored by a group of four of us but i mean there is like a rotating cast that comes in and out and we've really found like Another solid two, especially for this tour in the way of a lead guitarist and a drummer. But as far as like the core four of us, three of us come from a musical theater background.
0: Oh, okay, okay, yeah.
1: Uh, in fact, all of us went to the same musical theater college at the oh, same amazing, time. Amazing,
0: amazing, yeah. Yeah,
1: uh, in fact, me and the lead singer Blair are the co-lead. We've been we've been friends since 2010, probably.
0: Okay, yeah. So that's a bond. Oh, I I appreciate that because I, I work in theater too. I I I, I work at a, a community theater and just close to here and we do we do a lot of like so we do some musicals and things like that but it's definitely something that is the crew love it you know what i mean it's like when that stuff comes yeah. it's just so much fun to do and yeah oh that's amazing okay so that was your roots that's where y'all, well, y'all...
1: That the, like the theatrical sense of it i mean obviously on stage we're all very animated
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but theatrical also in the sense that you know like like when you go to see any kind of play or musical it's really about the storytelling element and I think that that ties in with the folk as well. I mean, traditional folk music is really about storytelling. And so I think that we get that from both the theatrical and the folk side of that in the sense that everything is really trying to con- you know convey some kind of a story. Um, I would say that some of what I write is autobiographical. Some of it isn't quite. Some of them I just pull from other aspects For of sure. my life. But it's all about kind of conveying this story. Uh, and then pop in the sense that, I mean, it's got those pop sensibilities to it. I feel like it's stuff that you can snap your finger to. Mm-hmm. It's not- too difficult to listen to it doesn't ask you know like a a crazy amount there's no nothing too crazy
0: yeah yeah i was just so this album is it a is it a story from beginning to end or is it little stories throughout you
1: know i would say that it's more like vignettes that we that we actually have realized you know in common theme of writing over the course of several years that some of these songs are telling the same stories as other ones, just in different ways or from different perspectives.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Like the song Caught You Missing that flows into what is called the celestial love breakdown. Um, And these two tracks actually will flow directly into each other. So if you start one of them, it goes and modulates and goes straight into the next song. And it tells like the story essentially of of a relationship ending, but from two, two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. both both people in the relationship
0: that yeah okay cool okay so there is you know that's it's it's not necessarily a concept record where it's like you know it's no, it's
1: not not in that traditional sense but i do think that there is common theme throughout that there really is there are stories that address the same thing just from different perspectives or mm-hmm. from different voices yeah
0: yeah so with musical theater what's sort of your main influence Are do you go to the old old guard are you with the new stuff like i uh, because uh, what's your what, i mean everything
1: i certainly have a soft spot for the old school stuff yeah like roger the hammerstein but yeah. i'm a diehard sondheim fan
0: okay yeah we did i did guys and dolls a couple of years ago uh at this theater and mixed it it was it's classic you know what i mean you can't we did music man um we've done sound of music um we did uh, Adam's Family, which is super fun. Like, it's a fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very much. Dice
1: and Dolls is, is brilliant. The it's, music in that is wonderful. It's really well the done, piece yeah. The music takes place at the beginning of that with the three different parts intermix, intermixing, Yeah, and then the song If I Were a Bell, which is like one of my favorite musical yeah. theater songs of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, definitely, and we, you know, it's a community theater company that did it, so I really appreciate like companies that kind of like pull something together with very, like, not much of a budget, but make it special in its own way. And they kept pretty true to it, but I just love the way they, like, some of the props and stuff, like, how they kind of pull it together. It's, it's it's super fun. Like, um, have you ever seen the movie Hamlet 2?
1: I love that movie.
0: <laughs> I love that movie, too. Steve Coogan at his best, man. Well, all the kind of the, really all happy. the gags and all, like, those, you know, the fake fire and the water. And I I love stuff like that. It makes me laugh so hard. Uh we I
1: still go back and listen to some of those original songs from that. Rock song. me, sexy, like, sexy Jesus Rock is sexy is a Jesus. such
0: a good song.
1: Or to have put a song called "Raped in the Face." Raped in the, the face.
0: <laughs> I forgot about it. Raped in the face. Yeah, that is is every musical community theater thing I've ever seen wrapped into a movie, like the politics, the the you know the fact that they're rewriting Hamlet because he, it, the last one was just a bum out like you know, well, he, you know, he died. We're not gonna, we're not gonna make this Hamlet die.
1: <laughs> I certainly have like a love for immature humor. Yeah. And one of my favorite things in that film is the the fact that the one kid tells him that his name is Haywood Jablomi and he doesn't realize <laughs> it until he tells it to the parents.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, man. I, yeah, I love that movie. It's a great movie. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so when you guys sort of travel around, are you, uh, do you what? Are you listening? What's what's your van tunes like? What what do you guys? Is it broad or is it just like? Because I know, like when I, I toured with a lot of bands, and it was never like type of music that the band played. It was always something just super obscure or weird. Just oh to- yeah, I mean we've
1: been all over the place. Last night was the most brutal leg of this drive. We went from. Uh, tempe arizona and had to swing through austin for for something else before we came up to dallas so we were driving you know for nearly 24 hours straight and we made our way through all all sorts of stuff but the leg that i took last night was you know between like 2 a.m and about 8 a.m this morning and i was doing the song exploder podcast oh that's great
0: yeah i've seen yeah that's amazing
1: Um, I also I realized I hadn't listened to the new Amigo the Devil record, which was also quite good. That came out in April. I'm a big fan of his.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know that, but yeah, I love overnight drives. I was always the late night driver. Like I would.
2: Oh yeah.
0: And it's the most dangerous time is around six in the morning. It seems like, like when the sun is kind of coming up, or it seems like that's the time when you're like the most tired. You're waiting for the sun to come up, and as soon as the sun comes up, you're like, okay. Not going to die. Like, (laughs) nothing tragic is going to happen. I'm
1: just always the go-to overnight person for anything because I worked at a 24-hour diner in Hollywood for many years. Right. Okay. And so I'm used to working and being awake and present between the hours of 11 to like 10 a.m., 11 p.m. to 10 a.m.
0: Yeah. I had that. I used to work at a restaurant when when I lived in Winnipeg, and it was so cold that the van would just get warmed up by the time I stopped at the restaurant to work at from my (laughs) 11 o'clock shift. And then I would work till four in the morning because I only did a, it was only like a f- five hour shift. It was horrible, and then I get back in the van and, and drive home, but uh, which was only like five ten minutes away. But it, yeah, it's I know that feeling of working overnight, and I, and I was the I would been tour manager, so I I would be like the responsible one to drive overnight, and um, it's quite it's kind of good because nobody fights you for the radio. You can do what you want. You know, and now it's a different, different, you got your phone, you can listen to music. You're not going to bother anybody, but it was always sort of like, keep the music down and sort of, yeah. But six in the morning seemed like the most dangerous time for me. Like it felt dangerous. Like I got to watch myself. I got to watch what I'm doing. Make sure I'm not going to kill anybody or myself. Yeah.
1: Oh, totally. I feel you on that.
0: Yeah. 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 So, so, so yeah, Austin back up to that, that is a, that is a drive. And where are you, where, which is this tour in the middle? Where are you in this? Are you just started?
1: So it's more like it's not like a full like several month tour. We're just kind of getting our feet wet coming back. And honestly, like as a band, this is our first time really hitting the road together. Mm-hmm. We were based out of L.A. for several years uh and did a lot of gigging in SoCal. But I mean, this is our first real time getting out. So getting our getting used to it. Uh, but we've got another five shows over the next week and a half, I think.
0: That's good. That's reasonable. Are you staying sort of westish, or are you?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we had the best time booking here in Texas in that area, Uh, just because when we were trying to book this a couple months ago, places were still trying to figure out what they were going to be able to do. And Texas was the one who was the most willing or ready to do it. So... We kind of got the one in tempe a little bit last minute as they were getting things reopened and we were really grateful for it and honestly we had a great time it was at the yucca tap room in tempe if you have the opportunity Mm -hmm. it's a fantastic little dive bar Mm -hmm. um but yeah we started out in san diego at the holding company which was also fantastic and got to play a show with our label mates uh kel Bordell, who fucking killed it Mm -hmm. uh now we're out here we play in oklahoma city tomorrow we've got a couple different dates in dallas or sorry austin we're playing in dallas as well
0: do you book your own tours? Do you have a booking agent?
1: We have been doing this whole thing on our own.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, I love that. I love that because
1: We're we've been really DIY, yeah, you know, from, from the get with things. I am learning to be okay with relinquishing control of some things, especially <laughs> in making our first full-length LP as a group. Like I I there was nothing that I didn't want to at least be in the room for when decisions were being made.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's um, yeah, you, know, you know that's that's an important thing you said there because when you sort of head up this group of people, it is a. Tr- I was I'm with the band because I had a band in the early two thousands and I was negotiating the record deals. I was negotiating any sort of things that the band would be doing. I'd be arranging the tours and making sure we had flights and and by the time we get to play the show, I'm like, can not anybody just set up the t-shirts? Can not anybody just do that? I did everything. I drove us here. Like, and I'm venting now. But I'm sure you can relate to it to a certain extent. That
1: oh, of course, dude. But you'll catch me at the t-shirt stand as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, but can't someone do it? (laughs) Like, just set it up, you know? And everybody's like, got beers in their hands. Like, what? You're like, no, we're not. We're not done. We got to play a show. We got to sell stuff. We got to, you know. I.
1: I would never throw my band under the bus like that. They're all wonderful human beings and all very helpful.
0: Well, I'll say I'll speak for my old band that they are a bunch of lazy assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's fine. They they get it. Um, let's hear a song. I really, I really, I like this Murphy's Waltz song a lot, and I, uh, I want to, I want to play it. So we'll, we'll we'll just play it.
1: Totally.
3: My mama said, boy, better stop smoking them cigarettes. Is this empty heart the only one that'll ever be inside of my chest? And I oughta quit smoking, but it's all that I got left. my mama said boy better stop smoking them cigarettes now my train of thought is barreling off its track it flew past the station and I sure don't think it'll ever be coming back pass me a drink so that I Finally relax and watch the ocean start to boil, and the mountains cool. they crumble and crack. Now my daddy said, boy, better stop drinking up all of that gin. It was breaking his heart watching me kill myself and I was living in sin my daddy got sick and his heart finally gave out on him and my daddy and said boy I better stop drinking of drinking
2: all of that gin,
3: gin. now my train of thought you oh. Stop drinking, stop smoking, I'll go out and I'll help people, whatever way that I can. But I'm so tore up inside that most days I can't even get out of bed. So I keep telling myself I'm gonna be a. Uh, Watch the ocean start to boil, and the mountains
2: crumble and crash.
0: Yeah, we we sorry I, I faded up, but we were talking a little bit during like the the music playing, and what I what I basically I'm, I I say and I mean and I feel that I can so I have this sort of gauge of smelling honesty, and I I love like when something sort of makes me tingle a little bit because it's something that I can either relate to or or agree with the the approach of it, you know. There's always like this, you know, like I've I there's things that make you cringe sometimes when you hear stuff and it's sort of like, they try to throw that fuck bomb in there. You're like, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to, you just have to say what you mean, you know? And, sure. and there is definitely a, a, a level of honesty of, uh, of, of the music that, you know, it's tough to, uh, it's I tough.
1: hugely appreciate that. That really, like that's a hundred percent what we're trying to do just to keep everything as real and honest as possible.
0: Yeah. It's and and it should be, you know and there's definitely you know and for a band to be touring so soon and all of this and to keep you know really just keep it going like there's been times in this past year and a half that I look at people who are friends of mine who are artists and you go like how you doing like is this working out like and a lot of people are like going with the um yeah I'm sort of getting into you know myself and sort of figuring out things and you know, and a lot of it feels like, well, are you sure? Because <laughs> it's been pretty <laughs> shitty for everybody, you know? Well, so
1: I think that through this whole like fuck festival last year, that we really tried to use it as an opportunity for ourselves and try and find the positives in the sense that we were gigging a lot before, even just in the Los Angeles area. Maybe there wasn't the time to do it. Then all of a sudden, instead of looking at it as like, God, this is all terrible, it's like, things have been freed up for us to really hunker down together from the beginning of everything. We were like, yo, if we're not supposed to be seeing people like we're going to see each other and just no one else. Mm -hmm. And we kind of just locked down in the home studio that we built and spent time together. And it eventually led into recording an album. We, even from the beginning of the the whole quarantine lockdown, we're trying not to put any pressure on ourselves where we're like, we have to get something done instead we just kind of let it come about and we started just doing some stuff and learning and talking and we went hiking a lot, and spent a lot of time outside, mm-hmm. a lot of time in the studio and here we are, you know, 15 months later and we just dropped it out.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, that's good that, that something positive came out of it because there's like, I, like I said, there's people that I've talked to who are like not dealing with it very well. You know, like it's like, it's a whole part of being on stage and playing in front of people is their identity it's who they can it's where they feel the most comfortable you know and there's a lot of people who struggle with the part the day-to-day part but when they play they're in their natural element you know sure and not being able to do that kind of stuff it's like yeah you start thinking about well i'll start playing some live streams or start doing this thing but it's not quite the real thing i call it the big compromise everything is a big compromise
1: we did that at first too where we were doing some of the stream things i mean it's enjoyable and. I think it's like, it's cool that that is a thing, that there are artists who are able to share stuff with people like that, but I don't think that it is a substitute for getting in front of, of people and playing a live show.
0: I agree. I... There's no
1: energy exchange there. You know, you're not feeding off what the audience is giving you. Yeah. I think that I personally would rather have a bad show in person than a great show on a, on just a live stream from a living room.
0: Yeah. and You know, truthfully, there has to be a way where pe- someone hasn't invented it yet where it's like a real immersive experience. Maybe they have, and we just are not caught up or somebody's in their, in their basement trying to figure out a way to involve like the people, you know, I already know they have like, they have like these dance clubs that have headphones. So it's like people are all oh, just yeah. dancing around. It's all super, yeah. super quiet. Yeah. Which I think is a great idea, but it's also a way to sort of, it's reinventing something, but it's also with people like, how do you make a live experience like this a real thing for people? And I don't know. I don't have the answer to it. And I think the I, you know, I spoke to a guy a couple of months ago about who was a booking agent down up here in Canada. And he's like, you know, that this whole live streaming thing has all been advanced like by 10 years. Like we're ahead of the, we're ahead of the curve now where if we were going to do this and we didn't have a pandemic, we'd be starting to think about this nine years from now. I'm like, yeah, that's interesting, right? Like, so is it a good thing that people, is it a big compromise? And um, someone's got to make something up that makes it sort of like, a, you know, a virtual experience, like a real experience.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll see. Maybe there'll be holograms or something someday.
0: <laughs> virtual reality, I think is the way to go. I think it's going to be augmented and virtual reality is going to be a way of, I mean, Facebook has already started a thing like this whole idea of with your Oculus Rift because they bought it. Where you can go into spaces, it's called spaces, and you can go watch a movie, you can do the thing, but it's not communal. So you're sitting there beside your wife and you both got your you know, headsets on. It looks crazy. You can't yeah, I mean, really.
1: Regardless, in a situation like that, you're going into another place yeah. and not really coming together.
0: You I, can't enjoy it together, too. Like when somebody's beside you, it's not, and you can watch it on a TV, but it's still not yeah. that same immersive th- type of feeling.
1: Yeah, I don't know that they'll ever find a way to do that, you know, unless you, unless, (laughs) unless you, I've got friends who think that everything is just a simulation, so maybe they've already figured it out. (laughs) Now here we are existing in a matrix type place anyway. Yeah. But unless they get to that kind of level, you know, twofold out of this already simulation, then, uh, then I don't know. I just don't see any kind of, you know, virtual thing ever finding the same kind of connection with people. Yeah
0: what's your what's your um what's your opinion on like drive-in shows and things like that did you play any of those
1: no but i i had the pleasure of going to two drive-in drag shows in los angeles oh that's cool which was very cool and very entertaining there are things that could be done otherwise but as much as i loved it and loved supporting the drag queens that we went and saw like it's not a substitute for being right there and in person and I mean, I've I done the drive-in movie thing. Um, I don't know. It doesn't It doesn't do it for me in the same way. I do think it's cool. I love that people were actively trying to figure out a way so that people could go and have entertainment. I think that that's wonderful. But I also, you know, I, I don't know that it's ever going to be the same with some things. It's not the same going and sitting in your car and watching a band play, you know, 200 yards away while you're sitting in your Honda Civic.
0: It's sweltering, by the way.
2: (laughs) It's sweltering. And
1: then you have to have your car going, and then inevitably there's going to be forty cars out of the four hundred that are there that are all dead in the parking lot, and everyone's trying to find someone to jump each other.
0: That happened. I worked a few of those because our where I I work for a city based theater, so we do driving concerts, and um, actually played one, which was weird and surreal. But when when you you, people like beep 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 beep, and you're like, that's very aggressive. They
1: honk after the song.
0: Yeah, and it's all you know. All the horns all kind of sound the same. I don't. Maybe there's some sort of rule or regulation that you can't have one. There's either a little higher or a little bit lower. There's not like so it is a weird state of dissonance when they're all kind of beeping. But oh, there's that moment, and I I work for a, a like an old new wave band up here in Canada called Platinum Blonde, and the singer he's a British guy, and he, and I said I'm playing part of our show, and at the end's like beep 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 beep, and he goes, "What are they doing?" I'm like, "Well, they beep their horns." He goes, "Oh, I don't like the sound of that." <laughs> Like, well, you're playing one in a week, so you better get used to it.
1: <laughs> I don't like the sound.
0: I don't like the sound of that. Of that. I'm like, well oh, they're man. gonna get out of their cars, right? No, they're not allowed. They gotta there. Oh, I don't like that either. I'm like, well, have fun. <laughs> Play hard. Um, but yeah, you know, I tell you, working them is better than being in the car because you can you have that feeling of the drive in. You know when you walk through the dark in the drive in and you hear the uh, all the movies playing from all the car stereos? Oh, totally. It's a similar feeling when you hear the music. And the fact is, the car stereo is much better than any club sound system you'll ever hear. So when totally. you're there in your car and listening to it, the fact is is that there's a security guard saying, so get back in your car, which sort of ruins the vibe. Um, yeah. Even our drive-in movie theaters are doing live music up here, which I think, same thing. They're, they're finding a way. Art always kind of finds a way
1: oh definitely i mean people are always going to crave that yeah you make connections with people that you're never going to make otherwise you know you're going and seeing a band play and you meet someone there you could just the energy of the show like it's it really something that i don't think could be captured in any other way
0: yeah yeah and, and what's are you doing limited numbers and capacity when you play or is it just get in there and uh take the mask no off and
1: talk about anything <laughs> about that right now
0: <laughs> yeah are you, are you, you're double vaxxed? Are you single vaxxed? Like what's your, uh, what's your state?
1: Personally. Yeah. I, I got one of the double round ones.
0: Yeah. 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 I got both of mine. I got one. I got my last one three weeks ago. So I'm like, I'm ready to bang. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I actually, I was, I was lucky. I came into it back in March because over the last year, it's supplementary income. I've been, I've been gardening for an old woman. Yeah. And then they kind of turned into me being her like full-time helper. And she's 87 years old. So the moment that I was able to, I was like, I probably should not get sick that's if I'm a... trying to help this woman out.
0: Oh, and, and you know what? That's actually such a noble thing to do. That's a, <laughs> that's kind of cool. That's warming, heartwarming.
1: Yeah. So it, it, I ended up going in, in the towards the end of March.
0: Mm-hmm. So what did they do? Give you two or did they, like, how did you? Yeah,
1: so I got the first round and then went back in like, Three weeks later. Oh, the second that's
0: fast. That's fast. Because for me, it was like wait sixteen weeks, and then they sped oh. it up to eight weeks. So I got oh, yeah. mine in yeah, April. Yeah, guess
1: in the states, they're like, yeah, you get it, then you get three weeks, and you're back
0: in. <laughs> you could actually have. A, isn't there lotteries too? Like, get the shot and win a million dollars. Like, isn't there other like? Isn't Vegas doing weird stuff like that?
1: Oh yeah, totally. So I mean, here or in the state of California, it was like if you. If you got vaccinated, you got entered into some kind of a lottery where it was like you had the opportunity to to be part of a drawing where there were like multiple fifty thousand dollar ones. It was like if you hadn't been vaccinated already and then you decided to get vaccinated then um then you would get like a fifty dollar gift card to the grocery store <laughs> that's
0: so weird yeah, that's so weird that's so weird oh, because yeah. you know Because if you need to get some penicillin, you gotta pay for it. But they're willing to give you money, and, and to to get a vaccination.
1: I mean, if we, if we were trying not to go into politics, I could. Go oh, I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was
1: yeah. just gonna say I could go on and on about the American health system, but.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I already know. I already know. <laughs> you don't need to tell a Canadian about the American health system, you know. So.
1: Yeah. yeah, they're handing the vaccines out and then giving out $50,000 for them. But if I broke my leg and didn't have health insurance, then they'd hand me a bill for $200,000 and I'd be responsible for it for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah. 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 What was that That Michael Mormon? Was it called Sicko? I think it was called Sicko. Where they had to go to Cuba to get like <laughs> stuff. I don't know. But yeah, let's not talk politics. Yeah, I, yeah I'm sorry it went that direction. <laughs> I, I try not to, you know, and you know what? We're not all like, listen, Canada's been dealing with a lot of stuff lately. So, I mean, we're not, our hands are are not clean in any of this. There's a, a huge, uh, I don't know, about. but we have, um. they used to have schools for kids, native kids, and what they do when they die, they just bury them beside the church, you know, the, and so now they're finding, like. It, graves that are unmarked graves of children and oh it is huge and canada day like J- J- july 1st and people are like it's really serious like it's really serious like and you know what nobody is nobody is clean in any of these types of weird politics and you know things like that you know i you know it, it is it is very very disheartening though because well i mean canada is always tries to play the upper uh you know um the 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 high road in most of these political cases, but that is a huge fuck up and it's not Canada. It's the Catholic church, basically but, but, you know, there we go. That's Canada. <laughs> hey
1: man, you know, I just, there's no, there's never going to be a correct and perfect answer for everyone. We just, you've got to try and do your best. And I think listening and being empathetic to people is, is the biggest thing in the world. If you are capable, if you can just hear what a person's saying and try and put yourself in their shoes, and if more people were doing that, I think that everything would be a better place. You know, it doesn't oh, matter where you're at on any kind of thing political, just just try and be a decent fucking person.
0: Absolutely. Like, there's there's people I talk to who are very, very left-wing, and they're like, well, I mean, you don't have to be like me. You know, we can have a, a different point of view. You know, whatever you think and I think, we don't have to think the same. Like, I can disagree it doesn't stop me from respecting the good parts of you as a person you know what i mean and sure. and that that to me is 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 kind of what you're saying it's like you kind of you know i think as i get older i stop i stop worrying about sort of little details and i start worrying about bigger issues you know yeah. and 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 little issues where i you get your knickers in a twi- in a tizzy is is no longer as important as sure. it was you know 20 or 30 years ago for me so definitely i mean and the thing that you know bringing it back to music, music is always that, that, that type of grounding thing for people to sort of either put their politics in or put their thoughts and feelings in. And the, the good thing about it is you can listen to it or not. I mean,
1: yeah. yeah, absolutely. If it, if it is resonant with you, then it's there for you. And if it isn't, then, you know, that's okay. Yeah. I, I have always felt that way about putting anything out with, with the band as well. I think we, we all do where, you know, if someone doesn't like it, that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to, not everyone will, but the biggest thing for me is if someone anyone, just even one person, can listen to it and it makes them feel something, laughing, crying, you know good, bad, it doesn't really matter what it is. If you're feeling something like that's the biggest the biggest compliment in the world to me, because we've had this real truthful exchange of emotion then, which you know is is the biggest thing for us,
0: yeah for sure, and you know as as bands kind of get bigger and more popular, that sort of stuff is is they either have to morph kind of how they do it or maybe disregard some of it and sort of make choices of like well how are we gonna you know how are you gonna grow if there's success that involves something like it's a tricky road to to navigate oh, sure, yeah
1: i mean there's bands that i that i love that that over time they've started putting music out that i don't love and and you know I'm, i don't fault them for that i'm not angry at them that's mm-hmm. okay they went on the on the journey or you know developments they had to go on and that's where they're at you know i still value the old records that i like and there are other bands whose sounds have changed over time and i love the direction that they went
0: yeah yeah and if you can appreciate the band you can kind of go along for the ride with them you know what i mean and that's what makes like a fan of the band more at that point you know you think of like band like nirvana like when there was like a small handful of people that really loved them and then boom explosion and then there's other people Who aren't supposed to be in that club in that club and it's very you know i you know i actually it's funny i had a same similar thing with the with the band called the weaker Than's because i used to play in a band with the drummer from the weaker Than's, so they were like my band and all of a sudden they fucking exploded and you're like wait a minute this is my band why (laughs) how how why is this club so full where are these people coming from and uh that was my sort of like jealousy of like well Hold on a second. Stop for a second. Now this is the band that I love. Why do you like them? You know, and some of them were kind of there because of their friends bringing them along, and this had never been to uh, like a quote unquote punk rock show. And yeah, it's confusing for them. <laughs> but did you guys all? Did you all? Did you? Did you guys ever sort of touch on like any punk rock stuff like back in the day or, or like uh, for upbringing or cause know, it's because it's definitely DIY.
1: I feel like some of the stuff that I am writing now lends itself to that. Mm-hmm. And I certainly was not a punk kid growing up. Mm-hmm. I, when I, when I was, you know, in in middle school, I was listening to pretty much either like John Mayer, Jack Johnson, or like hip hop. Mm-hmm. And that was me when I was 14. <laughs> but I mean, we come from varied backgrounds. Our acoustic player, Lucas, was in a band called The Rosary back in the day that was like pop punk. Mm-hmm. But I found this really, I just love the the honesty that I found in a lot of just really indie like kind of folk punk Yeah. that I feel like from listening to that, that I started to get inspiration. So all of a sudden at 30, I'm becoming a, a punk kid.
0: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, man. Like it's no, and I know. love it. Yeah. In
1: fact, one of my absolute favorite artists of all time, like she does stuff in that same vein, Ezra Furman, where it's just like, it, it's fucking incredible. If you ever have a chance to see an Ezra Furman show for the love of God, mm-hmm. it, it's an emotional experience because she's so honest on stage and mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, so it's so punk some of it it's yeah so it's so punk some
0: of it i think you hit the nail on the head it's not really a style of music it's more of an attitude of of uh loving the fact that something is going against the norm you know yeah. and it's got nothing to do with musical style at that point like i i think it's important of you know as, as i get older i start seeing people that i used to work sort of in the scene with back in the 90s and 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 now we're all like captains of industry. You know what I mean? Like, we're all like, we're like running the place. We sort of give each other a nod. Like, Hey, how you doing? Like, hey, I'm pretty good. You know, how did we get here? You know, it's always those moments of like, well, I have no idea. And like, you know, it is a, there's that crossover between twenties into thirties into forties and now fifties for me, but where, where you start realizing like, maybe I should start putting more back in or, you know, or maybe I should start doing more for, for my, for art or for whatever. And, but then you start realizing, like, if I was 20, I'd hate myself right now. You know what I mean? There's those moments where, well, but that's who I am now. You're gonna have to deal. Totally. Yeah. And that's what I like about musicians that grow old and sort of start learning their craft and start understanding where they came from and where they're going. Oh, definitely. 20-year-olds don't know that. They're, they don't know shit
1: you know i for me you know i I just feel like you don't want to stay the same if you're writing the same songs when you're 50 that you were writing when you were 20 like where's the
0: growth yeah it's true yeah absolutely and that's to me is like is is a moment where it's like i haven't found that voice yet so i haven't really been writing music for the past three or four years so it's like no it'll come it'll come i'm not worried i'm not worried definitely yeah and that's the good thing of uh, having that understanding of a perception of like well there's priorities in life now there's not like music just isn't the main thing in my life anymore you know and i appreciate people who who live it and breathe it i just couldn't i just can't do it i can't i can't do it anymore
1: hey and there's no fault in that you know you should you do whatever's making you you happy that's the biggest thing
0: absolutely so many yeah, yeah. people
1: go through life being miserable. Mm-hmm. You know, they do shit because they feel like they have to or they're supposed to. And I don't think it matters what field it's in. You could be a musician, you could be a fucking accountant. But so many people just find themselves in a place and it's great. And then they realize, no, I think I want to try something else. And then 20 years down the line, they haven't done it. Like, and they're just sitting there miserable, you know? Yeah.
0: And why? Yeah. Yeah. And I've I been,
1: you know, and I've been uh, a culprit of that too. There have been things in my life where I sat in it for too long, but thankfully you know i over time i've gotten out of those things and- yeah.
0: well you need that level of of I'm, i want to call it ignorance but i also want to call it like drive where it's like you put the blinders on and you like go, I i gotta get this done i gotta do it i gotta do the thing and we've all everybody gets that realization well we're not gonna be bon jovi you know and my joke is i don't think bon jovi wants to be bon jovi you know what i mean like i, I so so, but, but you put the blinders on you try to focus where you're going to achieve something. And then you kind of get a little bit there and you realize, well, I don't know if this is something that is, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? And maybe the art suffers in a way.
1: I mean, an artist that I really respect just because of longevity and I love his music is John Darniel mm-hmm. uh, of, of the Mountain Goats. Like that man has been doing music for fucking forever and he just continues to do it. And he loves it, you know, yeah. and, it, and you can hear the evolution over time. But he, I think, is just one of those
0: people. He just does it. Yeah. Elvis Costello's in the same vein. Like, he just keeps yeah. putting up music that kicks ass. It's interesting. It's for him. And the more Elvis Costello writes music, the more he seems to diverge away from, like, time signatures. And to get the point across, he'll add a beat here and there. And that's, like, that's awesome. Like, that's he's reinventing, you know what I mean, like, himself every time he puts a record out. Yeah.
1: Artists like that come to mind for me as well, though, just based off of what you were saying about like Bon Jovi not wanting to be Bon Jovi. Like, I mean, everyone dreams of that rock star status where everyone in the world knows your name, but like to be at a level like that of like John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats or or like Nathaniel rateliff I think is another one who yeah. is he people fucking know who he is, you know, yeah. but he's not gonna be harassed on the street every time that he walks around. Like that man lives a comfortable living based off of his art, probably more than comfortable, and goddamn it, good on it, you yeah. know he makes good shit he stays true to himself and he just keeps at it
0: yeah yeah and that's that that's the part me where i'm starting to understand that you know you should be thankful there used to be like this sort of spiteful bone in my body where it was like how come they're making it you know why are they in? and then now it's like we've all got them. yeah okay. yeah it's sort of like well how did they get that you know but now it's like oh because you got it i feel like i kind of got it you know what i mean like there's bands that I know who have like made a good mark in the industry. And you're like, wow, that's really cool. It's like, you know, it's, uh, that could have been me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it's, I don't know. It's a different way of looking at it now, you know? Sure. Well, it's really cool. What, do you want to hear another song? Should we hear another sure. song? Where, where It's your choice. Where do you want to go?
1: Oh gosh. Well, I mean, you've been talking about kind of more like punk feel stuff. If you want something up tempo, I say, go either. It ain't me or Bella Coanga.
3: It ain't me. Well,
2: my best friend, got a best friend, but his best friend, it ain't me. I said my best friend, got a best friend, but his best friend, it It ain't me. me. Oh, there's people linking up all around as far as the eye could see, but oh, my best friend's best best friend, friend, it ain't me. me. My old lady got a best friend, but her best friend, it ain't me. Said my old lady.
0: though, no. um awesome, oh, this is yeah, sorry, we get talking then the song ends um well we were talking about coming up to Canada, and um is there any uh I know what you said is probably not a good chance until the borders get a little bit more liberal,
1: yeah, I've got a friend who's up there, and she's had a pretty hard time uh about coming back to see her family. She lives up there now uh Vancouver area
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I don't I don't th- think it'll be happening in the near future although we would absolutely love to come up there
0: yeah yeah and you know it's really tricky to do that like it's it's work papers and and money you got to pay and and usually kind of like it's not even a break-even situation for the amount of money it costs to get your work papers um sometimes it used to be a time where all the clubs would band together and sort of help get the band into canada by sharing the you know the there was like when you came through Windsor you'd play London and then you'd play Kitchener and then you'd play Toronto and then you could sort of carry on all those yeah. clubs would take the load the the weight of the payment to get the American band in i don't know if that that even that that network exists anymore
2: hmm.
0: but definitely it's something you know it'd be nice to see new faces we're getting bored with each other's faces up here
1: <laughs> <laughs> we would love to see some new faces too we've mostly only seen each other yeah
0: yeah. New people, new people, please. Well, it's, you know, I, I, you know, thanks for doing this, man. I, 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 I enjoyed it and I, I, I enjoy the record and I like the music and the attitude and the direction. And, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's ho- good luck with everything. And uh, don't, don't Thank catch you, COVID now.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. Okay. You know, I'm always happy to sit down and talk shop and, and it, it, it is just a huge compliment that you sat down and listened to the album.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Totally. And that was Will Hughes from the band The Late Great Charlie Borski. Go check out Watch Out for Spiders, which is on Mannequin Valley Records. All the information is in the description. A bit of a horse throat. Uh, what's happening? Uh, not much. Hope you enjoy this episode. I got a few more coming up. I got some in the bank. You know, once in about four years, I actually have extra episodes to share. I might just do two a week, one week. Woo, crazy. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. So, tune in every week. What do I got next week? I I could tell you who I have next week because I already got it recorded. Ah, I got CC Voltage in the band Autogram. And, uh, Yeah. So that's gonna be good times and autogram based out of Vancouver. So everybody buddy 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 buddy, have a wonderful week, a wonderful year, a wonderful time and wear your mask and wash your hands. Love you. Bye.